Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We are starting season number two. Yay! The show has been heard in 98 countries and 49 of the states in America. We have almost 65,000 folks who have tuned in. I appreciate you for wanting to interact more positively and productively, and thank you for continuing to share the show. I am heartened by the success stories of folks interacting powerfully, openly, and honestly. Please let me know when things do work for you or not. Um, And with that, I am excited to welcome my first caller, Jim from Idaho. Jim, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Well, thanks for having me, Molly. Very exciting. I am a big fan of your state, having done a little snow skiing there. So I have very fond Mm -hmm. memories of Idaho. Yes. Uh, I'll ask you, what conversation or situation is on your mind? So, Molly, this is, a, this is more of a general question. I know that you, your skills, your strengths, your experiences around creating shared connection across differences, or at least that's the way I guess I would summarize it. And, I, and I'm, So I'm really interested in understanding what your thoughts are about transferable phrasings that can help us connect um, across situations. And so what I mean by that is, you know, we look at sort of where we've been politically as a country and we look at sort of where we've been around a whole host of issues that are uh, important and emotional and have led to uh, a fair amount of division in our country. And so you, you sort of look at that backdrop. And then when I think about my experience in corporate America and one of the big pushes that, that um, is really happening these days is around this idea of inclusion and diversity and difference and finding strengths sort of in those differences in the workplace. And so uh, I t- sort of take an outside in look. One of the things that I was wondering if you could help me with is, is sort of what are those, what are the approaches and general phrasings that we can use to sort of move beyond the emotion to productive conversation, especially when the stakes are so high and the issues are so fraught with emotion? So I don't know if you have general thoughts that you might be able to share that, that would help me both, you know, in, a, in an inside and an outside as it relates to work, both outside the workplace and inside the workplace, sort of thoughts about how do you create shared understanding and are, are there phrases or, or statements or um, things that it, it, state of mind that you bring to those conversations that help move you toward um, more unity rather than uh, friction and conflict? Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for raising this. And I think it's on a lot of people's minds. Um, and we want to honor the reality of what has been and also stand for what we wish for in the world. And, and, I, and I, I don't be mushy on this. I do think that we can all be the change we want to see in the world, Jim. So I appreciate you mm-hmm. raising this because our communications obviously are a huge component of how, uh, of, of, of how we come across. Um, so I guess I would start, you know, not, not unsurprisingly to folks who followed the show, the being in good relationship with oneself, what's going on within is really, really important to be able to then serve others. And I'm hearing you and I really applaud you on this is like, how can I be someone who helps exude unity and moving forward and not, you know, wallowing in the past? At the same time, we don't want to dismiss the past. For, for some folks, there's a lot of pain, there's anger, there's emotion there. And so it's obviously a balancing act. So number one is we're not trying to be perfect, okay? And there's, there's, there's no upside on that. Mm-hmm. So there's no pressure on that for you. It is about thinking, you know, what, what, am, what is going on for me? When I hear of some of these situations, um, wow, I'm really moved. I didn't know that. I'm realizing how little I know. I just had a conversation yesterday with someone who found it shocking that so many people found it shocking that there were a lot of folks really not having a great experience of, of living in America and feeling that they were 
they mattered um, and had opportunity, you know? And so I think that was shocking and for many people. And so we just need to appreciate everyone's in a different place too. So I guess I start out with that. There's a lot of messiness out there mm-hmm. um, and it's just, it's okay. And I think that you don't have to like it, but just to be relaxed and not agitated about it yourself is mm-hmm. a way to lead others to have a sense of calm. So I think that that energy, people have heard me use the word meta skills, the energy one exudes, one of calm, mm-hmm. one of curiosity. You said understanding, you want to understand. And I think that positive intention is huge. And as folks know on the show, a big mantra is we're all part of the problem and we're all part of the solution. So mm-hmm. owning, right, that even though it inadvertently, I have, you know, I, here, Molly's, I've created part of the situation that we're in in the world. I have to own that. I'm not making myself bad or wrong for it, but I am owning my fair share and a willingness to see things perhaps differently, to act differently. You know, that's something all of us can show for others. And that, you know, you can imagine if everyone starts to have a little bit of that moving in, leaning into people being open, that can have a very massive positive effect if everybody does a little. So let me just pause there mm-hmm. on the kind of where you are in your own self. How's that land for you? Yeah, I mean, I hear you saying it's sort of an inside job first and kind of understanding kind of what, what noise is, you know, internal noise is happening um, is sort of the first step in approaching others. So in other, way, in other words, put on your own oxygen mask before, uh, before you sort of go to, to sort of reach out to others, so to speak. Um, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I I guess what I'm hearing you say as well is that, um, positive inquiry, uh, leading toward understanding is, is something I need to get better at. It's something that it, it feels like it establishes a different basis for conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And you've taken me perfectly to the next step, which is that, okay, what's going on for the other person? And not that you're trying to exactly mirror or totally understand their experience, but that that mm-hmm. show of interest, what's going on for you, period. Mm-hmm. When people start mm-hmm. to share, it's very interesting. You know, we, we, I, and I'm a like, processor, problem solver. It's very easy to judge it, to want to solve it, to otherwise comment on it. And two of my favorite words are, say more. Uh, uh-huh. Someone gets going, help me say understand. more, mm-hmm. help, help me understand, mm-hmm. say more, and then let people share. And then it's, again, I get it. I'm a processor. So the ability to really be present with a person and just hear them. And then, you know, I'm hearing X, uh, I'm noticing Y. And again, and they may say, oh, no, that's not how I feel. Oh, oh thanks for letting me know. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. So that's how you, when mm-hmm. you go back and forth, lots of times people are, I hear this, well, I think my team, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you think your team? What do you mean you think your team? Mm. How, how can we not have you thinking, but rather have some confirmation? And that's a back and forth. And again, obviously, in the mm-hmm. way we ask helps people feel safe to, to share where they're really at. So that's obviously a big opportunity. Um, but I think that that, that that notion of when people have this sense of, well, I'm sure. I'm like, you're sure? Are you sure, sure? Or do you, or do you know that uh, that's where that person is, right? So that's just that extra mm-hmm. step that may not be a habit yet. So I'll pause on that. Thoughts on that? That's very helpful. I, I sort of appreciate that because I think that that's also the challenges. I, I don't want to necessarily, I don't want to give up, but I have my own views on certain things. And if creating common ground is about becoming the same in our views. I think that's, uh, I, I just need to be careful about that. Understanding is not the same as agreement. Yes. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing this up because I think people think, oh, this diversity inclusion, we're all mushed in and it's all the same. And I'm like, no, the, the, the whole notion is that we embrace the difference. The differences are what make us better together that said, we have to be able to hear and appreciate and work with the difference. So I think that this notion of what do we want for the whole is the third leg of the stool. So when you're working with a team or you're in a relationship with someone, a couple, it's what serves the whole. And it's, I think lots of times people are like, well, there's a lot of different agendas. Or, and it's like, of course, there's going to mm-hmm. be different agendas. And boy, wouldn't it be great to have transparency 
of the different agendas so that we can try uh-huh. to manufacture win-wins as much as possible or uh-huh. identify where we have in an organization something that's set up that actually works against the whole. Because I hear this a lot too. I can't believe this is going on. This doesn't help the whole. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's great. Mm-hmm. How do we mm-hmm. raise visibility? Because no leader wants to have parts of the organization, you know, kind of attacking other parts of the organization. Ideally, we're actually mm-hmm. rowing, you know, in the same direction. And so I think that for an individual going into a conversation, you have to understand what's, what you need, what you want. Absolutely important because you have to ask for what you need. And what serves the whole, right? Because ideally, we're in these organizations. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to say, I'm, I'm speaking up in service to, right, all of us being better you're not going to get shot down for that. Okay. Like if you genuinely like, you know, and, and I may not be seeing it correctly, so bear with me, but let me put this out there. Cause I appreciate folks thoughts and being the person who's open to obviously that's, that's not like, okay, well, this is what I think. Okay. Well, we're not going to do mm-hmm. much with that. Are we <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. I'll pause there on that, that idea of the whole. And I'm wondering, you know, how much you've tried that or how much you've seen others put that into action. I'll be honest, on my better days, I um, kind of apply some of these concepts and, and find that you have a much more productive conversation. Uh, but, but I think, you know, th- this is a skill I need to practice, quite honestly. Um, it, it's just being more conscientious about how am I framing the conversations? What words am I using? Do they facilitate, you know, sharing or do they uh, create sort of uh, immediate boundaries. This is what I think. Now you tell me what you think. And, and that, that's a setup, I think, for, for kind of neither of us walking away with a better understanding or having a more whole or connected relationship um, because it's just sort of talking at versus connecting with. Yeah, that's great awareness. Let me ask you, what, why do you think it's hard or what makes it hard for you? I think some of these issues, if I'm being entirely honest, some of these issues are hard because even uh, there are a lot of us, I think, myself included, I'll personalize this, that even have trouble finding a vocabulary that doesn't create um, sort of friction and uh, reaction on the other side. If we're talking about uh, issues of diversity or issues of of real difference, whether that's lifestyle or whatever, um, I... uh, I just think that some some of these are so fraught with so much history and people bring their lived experience to the conversation in a way that um, they can easily, it's easier to avoid than it is to sort of step into. Yeah, yes. Thank you for bringing this up. So let's just think of some phrases that can help because the notion of one's positive intention, because you want to do good things. Now, sure, people can take offense and if people choose to take offense, we can't control that, right? But you can do everything mm-hmm. you can to come across. So just say, you know, I know this could be a topic, could be, doesn't necessarily, could be a topic which is emotional. I am not at all trying to offend anyone. So if I do, I'm going to apologize in advance for that. And please let me know. So right there, there's a key mm-hmm. signal. I'm open to input. And, you know, if I, you know, mm-hmm. stub my toe a little bit, please don't, you know, throw me under the, 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 the ringer. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I see the situation or I would talk about this way. How does that land for you? Is there, are there ways for me to come across in a more powerful and compelling way? This is the co-creation thing. Again, mm-hmm. there's not necessarily one right way or one wrong way. It's about a group coming together to have a conversation in a way that works for that group. Some groups are more forthright. They can throw barbs and people don't take offense. Some groups, they're a little bit more sensitive and they need to take their time working into conversations. I'm not making one right or wrong. It's, it's just about appreciating the dynamic of this particular unique group of individuals. understand. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate your raising this. Now, I'm kind of curious if there's a particular um, place, whether it's a personal one or a work situation that you're thinking where you might be able to put this into action, because of course, we all know that I love when people take this and actually put it into action. Apply. Yeah. I, I think both. I think uh, with the leadership teams that I'm part of, um, you know, I think about uh, even though you've worked together with a group of people, there are, there are things that are just um, 
you could be more effective and work more productively together if you could have a different quality of conversation. And so I think these issues are part of that. Um, and being able to do that, I think, does strengthen the whole and strengthens the company. And I, and honestly, uh, even more personally outside the workplace, there are conversations that I, I want to have uh, where I can learn and be better as a result if I can if I can gain the alternative perspective or at least understand where people are coming from. And so there are there are a couple, uh, there's a work situation and there are a couple uh, personal situations where um, what we've talked about has direct applicability. Okay. And is there, for the sake of our listeners, is there one of those that you might model for them uh, and put it into action? Um, I can certainly, I could uh, sort of go through a conversation that I might have with a leadership team that I'm part of. Um, let's talk about uh, diversity and inclusion and what our strategy is. And even that's sort of a moving target as equity is also part of that dialogue these days. And that's, that's relatively new on the scene. So I can imagine a conversation where we sit down and we sort of say, what in light of everything happening outside the organization um, how do we feel about this? How do we sort of in the spirit of understanding where we're coming from first and foremost, how do we align sort of our own thinking? And then how do we lead the company toward possibly a different, um, you know, a different footing around some of these issues? How do we acknowledge um, what it is we've done and, and or have not done? And how do we acknowledge our uh, commitment to focus in the future differently? But can we start with our own thinking before we make this a campaign um, for a company when the leadership team isn't yet quite where we need to be. Love it. I love, love, love really encouraging the leaders. You know, it starts at the top and to, to be a model for the organization and the willingness to go there. And I know leaders all want to do that. I really do. I think lots of times for the team, it, it appears that everybody else out there needs to do some stuff. We're good here, right? And so I think you're- That's right having that and then being clear about where the team, the leadership team is, where they've come, what they're uncertain or unclear about is a really a great way to be vulnerable and real to the team mm -hmm. um, because it really is a, an all together. Right? This is certainly not one group legislating. This is how we're going to go. It's how do we take advantage of us all. Um, okay, before yep. we go, our, our little chat here, do you have one top takeaway, Jim? I think um, the one thing that you said, and it seems simple, but it's so hard to do, it's sort of reflect more, become more self-aware before you step into a conversation um, and sort of where, where am I at and, and what's, my, what's the noise, you know, in myself about this before I, you know, seek to, to understand others. I need to sort of understand my own view. And I think sort of get, get yourself in order first, then step into the conversation, not to convince, but to understand beautiful. You know how to reach me. If I can be of more help, please let me know. I'm grateful that you called in and I thank you for being part of the solution. You take good care. Okay, before my next caller, I'm going to invite folks who are listening. If you have a conversation or something you've been putting off, I'm happy to talk it through with you at 866-472-5790. Or if you're overseas internationally, you can call country code 1-480- Three nine eight three three five two, And now we are in my New York City where it's nice and sunny, and I'm going to welcome Chris to the show. Chris, thanks for joining me. Hey, Molly. Nice to join. Thanks for having me. Uh, my treat here. What uh, conversation situation is on your mind? Yeah, so, um, so I... Uh, Recently got laid off from a position at a um, large institution. And um, as part of that exit, the exit was unexpected. It's part of rounds of layoffs, and there have been numerous rounds. Um, but as part of that, you know, I was really mindful of who reached out and who didn't reach out to touch base with me and sort of say, Hey, are you okay? And, you know, I know this caught you by surprise, caught me by surprise or, or whatever, you know, whatever other comments they might have. And so I've been really, um, aware, you know, hyper aware of who's been sort of good colleagues and who has just been silent. And I guess in some cases, these are folks I've worked with very closely for a number of years. And I'm just sort of, 
shocked and trying to figure out whether to call them or just leave it be. So, um, you know, I guess that the, the fundamental question is, is you know, how, how to handle, uh, you know, the, the sort of raw emotions around that and, you know, whether to, whether to be reaching out to people or just let it be. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for being open and very vulnerable with that, Chris. And I'm, I'm sorry for that unexpectedness. Uh, I guess I'd start with how are you feeling? Oh, it's a, it's been about a month. So, um, you know, you go through the initial shock and it's like a breakup, right? Um, so you have a bunch of, you know, sort of takes over your dreams and your sleep and there's some anxiety that comes with it and all that. But after a while, you settle into the reality of it. Um, so I'm, you know, pretty, pretty resolved about it at this point, but, um, you know, there was an initial shock. Yeah. Good for you. I, I, uh, I don't wish this on people. It has happened to me and I applaud you, you know, moving through it. I mean, yes, there's emotions and all, um, you're great individually you have lots to contribute and the, you know, sometimes when doors close, I think others open. And so caking or keeping as positive, um, and upbeat of it, and even though it can be hard, I encourage folks, you know, all folks who are listening, a lot of folks I think are going through this or seeing people go through that. And I think to your point about colleagues, just being able to reach out, show um, that you're supportive and being positive for the person and offering help is a great way to just, to just help someone get through it. And, you know, it is what it is. I I will tell you that I tend to take this. Look at they didn't deserve you, and so good for you to move on. <laughs> so that's generally how I think about it for folks. And you know, you're your number one, and so I, I just encourage folks around you just to, to be your number one cheerleader and realize that um, there's more goodness that comes out of this. Um, on the topic of the colleagues, so I love the fact that folks reached out and were showing their caring as I know, it sounds like that you would do that for people for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I would say for the folks who didn't reach out, my inclination is to let it go and it's to let it go in a way that can work for you. So if you feel like you can let it go, um, that's great. If it's something that will continue to eat at you, then it might be a reason to, to loop back with someone. So I would, ask you to think about like where are the relationships that really matter that you'd want to to just unpack it a bit um and and it it's not an excuse okay i'm not making this an excuse but some people are just they're uncomfortable with themselves so they're not really comfortable with how to reach out to you they're not equipped they're not equipped to say i'm not even sure what to say but i know i wanted to reach out to you because i care about you which is all you know which would be great right no one's asking for people to solve things for them. A lot of people don't have that confidence, Chris. They're not, they don't really know what to do. Um, I'm not making that right. Okay. But that, that can be a way to have compassion for those people when, when you're thinking, geez, we worked together for how many years, right? I watched your back. We've gone through this and you couldn't pick up the phone. So let me pause there. How's that landing for you? Yeah, no, look, I mean, I think, um, I think it's complicated, right? It's like being on a sports team with people and, you know, you've, you know, gone into competition and uh, been arm in arm and suddenly there's a fracture. And uh, like I said, I think it, 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 it sits squarely, you know, who did and who didn't reach out. Um, and it, and it's uncomfortable, I think, as the person in my position to be the one reaching out, right? Like, like, I mean, what am I going to say other than, Hey man, you know, I know, you know, this happened and I hope you're well, you know, hope you're doing well just to get any kind of human contact out of it. So I agree. I think it's probably best just to let sleeping dogs lie. Cause clearly, um, if they weren't motivated to pick up the phone and, you know, as you say, maybe their discomfort, it may be, um, you know, the relationship wasn't what I thought it was, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I agree. I, I think on balance, I agree, but it's certainly been nagging at me, which is why I wanted this opportunity to, to air it with you. Yeah, I appreciate you raising it. The uncomfortable part, I think that that's uh, something to maybe talk about. If you think about, well, it's uncomfortable for me to have to call 
the person. So let's just go there a little bit. What's uncomfortable about it? Well, sort of what's the, you know, what's the purpose of my call at that point, right? Am I calling to make, ask them to make me feel better? Well, no. I mean, it's more kind of like, you know, look, the people who did call, it was really helpful to hear things like, I didn't see this coming, I'm shocked, you know, and maybe that's all just happy talk. Um, but, um, and, may, and maybe it is, but it also may be genuine, right? Or, or somebody could have said, oh, I, yeah, you know, there was a rumbling. I, I knew, I, you know, I didn't think you were going to get hit, but I knew there was a list or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's helpful just to have that color, right, of your, from your colleagues. And so there is a degree of information gathering that I think is, um, that's helpful um, in making sense out of it. You know, as, as I said, this is, you know, it was an unexpected event. So, um, yeah, so I don't, you know, like, uh, I'm not trying to, I wouldn't want to be calling people to ask them to be empathetic to me. It's more, I'm just trying to stitch together a little bit more of a picture of it. But, you know, as I said, at the, you, you asked me at the outset, you know, how much you learn about, about things. And a month later, I'm feeling quite different about it than I was two weeks ago, right? So. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great progress. Let me offer a couple thoughts because you know, in the space, you know, we can run into people again, right? And so, this notion of your purpose, because obviously, folks have heard me say we want to have intention with our whatever, however we're relating. Um, and I think the notion of taking the high road, right? You assume positive intent that they, you know, maybe they didn't know. Um, you know, maybe they just didn't, they, they, they didn't think they could be helpful. They thought it was more helpful if they didn't connect you. Let's just come up with some positive intent that gets them off the hook. I think that taking the high road thing is you leaving this relationship more proactively. Gosh, you know, I don't know if you heard. I'm moving on. Lots of exciting opportunity. I'm really jazzed about it. And to the extent that you can be genuine, you know, I do appreciate when we had the chance to work together and wish you the best. So it's a bit of you being able to um, put a bow on that for now. Because the other thing is, you know, down the road, you run into people, it kind of was left on a little bit uncompleted, um, right? Incomplete. And so that can be a way for some of those relationships that maybe they're kind of strategic. It's worth doing that just to have that um, tied off, I guess, for yourself and not have to, you know, because. Yeah, sure, because it's, it's, it's a rupture with a whole lot of people, right? And it just suddenly ends, like a death. Um, so um, I agree that having some sort of contact and keeping it, you know, ple- pleasant, sort of a useless word, but, you know, keeping it a, yeah. in a positive way is probably a good idea. Yeah, and, and I get it's you know, and I can hear it's kind of heavy. It's a lot to handle, so I think that's a normal thing, and over with time, you can get more positive on it. I guess I'd ask going forward, thoughts that you have, uh, what, what are you thinking about creating going forward, and anything I might be able to do to be helpful on that front? No, nah, that's, you know, been in the midst of that currently, but you know, I think this is this was helpful. Great, that's great. Do you have a, a takeaway to share from our little chat? I think the coaching on thinking forward and um, remembering that this isn't, you know, this is just a moment and that um, there will be more moments and some of these folks, you know, rather than assuming ill intent or not ill intent, but, you know, whatever, like it didn't matter to that. It's easy to get in the position of of thinking you know what's in their minds. So I, I think the and, he, and even if it even if, if it wasn't a good working relationship, you know, reaching out and taking the higher road is a very strong statement, right, about oneself as a professional. So I think I think that all I think that's I think that's good coaching. Yeah, and and you know we're all human and the emotions are real. And I would say to you and and anyone going through this, do things that light you up and that are fun, right? So you know, go do things that. Whatever it takes to just get in a lighter state, you deserve it, go for it, right? And I think that, you know, reaching out to friends, 
pets, you know, music, things that can just help change your state are really great because it doesn't take much sometimes to flick a switch and be like, okay, we turned it on. So obviously I'm here for you if I can be of more help, Chris. I really appreciate your calling in and, and sharing so openly with us. Um, and I wish you well. And I know that there's much brightness ahead for you. Great. Thanks for your time. Very Thanks helpful. so much. Uh, I um, appreciate this, these tough times many folks are going through, whether it's you or people that you're seeing. And I'm really grateful uh, when people are willing to share. Um, and for all listeners, you know, it's, um, it's part of life, you know. So don't think it's bad, you're bad, or people are bad. Try to work with it and know it's a growth opportunity. What happens, happens for a reason. Lots of times we'll never know. Um, but trust yourself and trust that you'll be better for it. Uh, okay, so I'm delighted now. We're heading down south to North Carolina, and I welcome Chantal to the show. Chantal, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks so much for joining me. What uh, challenging conversation, what situation is on your mind? I think it's a little bit more of a situation just based on the times we're in, kind of along uh, the theme you just uh, shared with your last caller. So. I'm just thinking ahead, and I'm sure lots of other people are too, to my 21, both professional and personal goals. And I would like to be intentional about building new relationships and deepening and exploring existing ones. And quite frankly, I'm zoomed out to the point of, you know, almost rejecting um, any non-essential Zoom calls or meetings or opportunities that folks are coming up with. And so... I guess I'd ask your opinion about, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to go about this in our newly virtual world where I think a lot of us are starved and craving attention and also how to potentially politely decline or come up with other ways to interact with people um, yeah. when you don't want to do another Zoom meeting. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. People are nodding their heads. I'm nodding my head because people are zoomed out. So thank you for putting that in the universe. And my number one thing for you and for folks is, you know, we need to, you know, give ourselves permission to get what we need. Right. And there's, it's always important. That is the oxygen mask thing. There's no guilt there. There should be no pressure there. Um, you know, you, if you're someone thinking about goals, you want to be your best, you want to do your best. And, and to do so means you have to get what you need. So, you know, I, I appreciate that you're being so intentional about thinking about this and that, you know, if you don't want to Zoom, no one's making anybody do anything. And I think that that a lot of times I see people in a, I have to do this, I have to do that. And like, no, you don't. You don't have to do anything. So I think that that's great. The, the you know, I, I guess I would say it a, to, to sit back and reflect is great. What has gone on the last six months for you, um, what have the shifts been, I might ask, what's worked and what hasn't? And I think of that as a bit of decompressing and reflecting on, you know, kind of what is the current state, what happened. Um, and when I think about it, not experience it, but look back on it, you know, what, how did I grow? What was a win and what wasn't? So I might pause there and, and give you yourself a chance to think about some of that. No, I appreciate your questions. They're thoughtful. And quite frankly, again, it's something that I wouldn't normally voice, but I, I feel really grateful for the space to have called through relationships and really get down to the critical ones, both from a professional space, but I think even more importantly in my personal life, I feel like we've stopped doing a lot of things that we were doing to your point out of obligation or habit. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of spaciousness now that I didn't have at the beginning of this time. It's awesome. I love you saying that, you know, I happen to be an introvert, so I'm very sociable, but I derive my energy from within my fellow introverts. We're, we're kind of like secretly saying, shh, don't tell anyone. We kind of like it this way. <laughs> so it's given, you know, in, for a lot of us, you know, my sister, on the other hand, she's like, oh my God, we're not having coffee. We can't go out and have coffee with people. And so, you know, it, it, people are wired differently. So I think honoring that for you and being able to say that without making things, you know, bad or wrong, saying, hey, that's a positive. And and I say this not in a trivial way. It's so easy for people to think about, I've lost this. I can't do that. And I get it. 
be the one who's kind of saying, hey, there's some greatness here. This is what it's been great for me. doesn't mean they have to take it, but I love you showing up with that positivity and saying, hey, this has been a real awesome thing for me. And I've been able to nurture uh, the relationships I really want to nurture and not get stuck in the noise. I call it the signal to noise ratio, right? More signal, less noise. So um, that's awesome on the interaction. So I guess I'd ask you from a getting stuff done, Chantal, over these past, you know, six, eight months, do you feel like that's amped up, that it's same, that you're getting less than less done than you would like? Where are you on that dimension? I feel like I've been able to go deeper into particularly the projects that I'm passionate about that normally, you know, get pushed to the left or the right because of professional responsibilities and travel and meetings. And I feel like I've been able to go deeper on, you know, some personal work and research and other projects that I want to bring to bear and, you know, just invest in them. That's fabulous. Okay. So this is a great current state. Anything, the things that you've missed, you know, are there some things that you've missed? Park back for any, any woe is Chantel. I wish we, other than, you know, seeing friends for dinner more often. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I can always say I wish I'd read more. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so for folks listening as a check, right, this whole, I call it current state assessment, like where are we, what went down without making good or bad or right or wrong, but it does help create this, uh, a launch pad, I would say, for where we are. So now talk to me about the, maybe it's the growth areas for you as, you know, a person and as a professional. So I think about that as behaviors or experiences before we get to the tasks. I like people to think about like, how is it that you move through space that you'd like to amp up? So what are some of the things that might come to mind on that front? I definitely want to create more content. So, you know, I want to write more, publish articles more, have, have content ready to go for speeches and uh, teaching scenarios. And so you know, I have all these ideas in the queue and I touch them and I move through them quickly, but, you know, I want to give each of those ideas time to, you know, be in a space where I can really decide if that's what I want to bring forth right now. Nice. I love the abundance of, of opportunity. Um, at a macro level, do you have a theory of change? That's a really interesting way to ask that question. I guess, can you share more about that with me and before I answer? Yeah, yeah, and, and there's no right or wrong. I just think that, um, you know, and some of us are more or less impact-oriented. I happen to be someone who's quite impact-oriented. So the way I see the world is a very top-down meets bottom-up. I feel that, you know, I work with management teams and, and culture starts at the top. It's, it, it, it's, um, it has to kind of move through, but it's sustained at the base. And so in my, I call it Molly Inc. I have a portfolio of my work of which my consulting work is a part, right? So that's the top-down piece working with teams, very intimate, very small. And then out of the blue, as folks know, this whole say it skillfully literally came out of nowhere a year and a half ago, but it was a chance to really go 10,000 miles wide and an inch deep to help empower many people around the world to be able to use their voice more effectively and, and, um, and productively and positively. And so for me, that sandwich effect is, is to me, that's sustained change, right? Because you can't have just one without the other. If you have bottom-up only, it's a bit of a mutiny. If you have top-down other, you know, people don't want to stay in the workplace. So when I think about the fact that I did a passion and purpose statement, which is with heart, creativity, and compassion, I inspire myself and others to have the courage to be true to ourselves, dream big, and harness the wow power of us so that together we're a force of nature and anything as possible. So I spent time to understand how, why am I here? And that's why Molly's here. And so when I have that theory of change, like why I'm here and how I want to work, it then guides the activities that I want to invest in or not invest in. Um, it's not a mandatory thing. It's helped me feel very whole about it. And it's helped me very easily choose, like wh- what do I do? What do I don't do? Who do I hang out? Who don't I hang w- out with? So it's helped provide some clarity. I'll pause there. 
No, I love it. I mean, I think in places I do it, but I love having a, you know, in business, we call it an elevator pitch, but I like the broader application of it to all of your passions coming together under your umbrella of Molly. So I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So I think you have, you know, clearly you've got a lot going on and to be articulate about the secret sauce, you know, hear the word superpower. I use the word genius. You know, what, you know, what are your areas of genius? What would you want to be known for? You know, it's not 10 things, right? It's one, two, three things. And then that doesn't mean you don't do other things, by the way, right? But that's kind of how you um, guide. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not one who's a big, you know, out there public person, but I had a mentor, Marshall Goldsmith, who like yelled, yelled at me, Molly, be famous. Those are my two words for you. And that, that's just not something I'm like, Ugh, be famous. I understand his point. You can't lead if people don't know who you are. So, you know, I think it was for me wrestling a little bit with that to realize, okay, I want to help the world be better. I can't help the world be better if I don't have a platform or a way to do that. And so what can I do that is authentic for me, right? And I'm not someone who wants some people like to speak around the world. That's not what I'm, you know, trying to do. But if that's something you do want to do, then you start to realize, you know, what are some of the pillars that you can create so you have a really strong, you know, Think of it, some of those great Greek structures, right? So that you can, um, you know, for the time that you're on the planet, you know, we're born, we live, we die, and you make the most of it. And, you know, I think it's about the meaningfulness um, and the impact. And the folks I think have heard me say one of the ways I think of leadership is creating meaningfulness in others' lives. And if you can do that, that's, um, that's a, a, real, a real privilege and a real honor. I agree. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and time as well. Well, I'm really grateful that you put it out there. And um, do you have, and I can imagine you've got a lot of things you're thinking about, but a particular top takeaway that you're leaving from our conversation? I really like the theory of change as a moving activity. So just like we have dance and yoga and we move our bodies, I like taking that kind of combination of the intellectual, the actionable, the spiritual, emotional, and having that with you as you move through. I, I heard you say that, you know, sometimes it guides your decisioning about priorities and what's important and what you focus on in a day. So I really like having that theory of change, not on the shelf, but as a moving statement to guide your, you know, your day and your plans and your goals. That was really helpful to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you are a very bright light. I'm cheering for you. So you know how to reach me. If I can be of help, don't hesitate to ask. Uh, I appreciate your carving out time in your schedule to chat with me today. And I thank you for being part of the solution. Thank you as well. Have a great yeah, take, day. Yeah, thanks, Chantal. Take good care. Ah, so inspiring. Love it. Okay, I have a bit of a backlog of a couple scenarios and this one folks might laugh. Okay. I titled this when the teachers aren't exactly crushing the zoom classes that your kids are in. And my heart is out to all you parents out there who are really doing double duty because you're, you know, it support pseudo tutor and you're doing your work job. So my heart is out to you. You're amazing. Um, it's come up in a few conversations that, you know, not that people are complaining too much, but they're just like, wow, this Zoom experience is not exactly, it's not exactly super fabulous, right? And um, it can be exacerbated by some folks who are actually, you know, paying not insignificant amounts for private school. And it's, you know, it's, it's easy to get a little spun up about it. Okay. So I just want to offer some ways one might work with these situations so that, you know, it's a win-win understanding that it's not necessarily something parents have a huge amount of control over. Okay. So in this quote unquote suboptimal Zoom experience um, might consider your child's actual experience with it versus what you think it should be or what you know it could be, right? You're more advanced. You've seen, maybe you've seen really high quality X, X, Y, or Z at work. So, you know, it could be so much better that's all lovely, um, but consider your child's experience, and maybe it's, it's they're having an okay experience. Certainly, it's just a gentle reminder here that you are modeling behavior, so if you seem very upset, 
about whatever the technology would have you, that's sort of going to rub off on them. So it's a real opportunity. Maybe it's not perfect, and maybe they are a little bit upset too. So model, wow, let's assume positive intent for the teachers in the school because we know that, you know, this is new for everyone. We've done new things, and so here we are. We're, 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 with, we're with the school people. We're not against them. So I, I just want to encourage that energy, and I get it. It can be very hard, and it's annoying when it doesn't work. So I'm not at all denying those real emotions. Um, and then I think if you think about, like, I w I'd really like to talk to people at the school. Okay, very valid. What's holding you back? What holds you back from picking up the phone, calling the principal, or calling the teacher, or however the protocol is supposed to be set up in whatever school, and just, just talk yourself through that? Now, this is a very real thing. The school is, is not historically taking a lot of input. You're afraid the teacher is going to take it out on your kid because you called in, and, and it's, that's very real. Okay, so. I understand that that could be something that's going on. Maybe you've even seen that happen where the student suffers because a parent tried to do the right thing. And you have to really suss out the reality of that. Um, so I'll come back to that in a moment. And then I think the third part is thinking, okay, here I am, I'm this parent. Maybe you are spending $30,000 a year and you're not getting your money's worth. Okay, that's valid, that's true, it's probably not helpful. So. If you're in the shoes of faculty, of principal, how about coming across as an ally, as coming across as a supporter of them? And, and thinking that through is, you know, we want to be considered a best friend, not a worst enemy to them. And part of that is knowing what you want to happen. Obviously, you have your child's interests, totally valid to have your child's interest. And think about the interests of the school more broadly, coming across with that as part of your spirit and your energy is more likely to come across better, okay? So that's a little bit of the prep, if you will. Um, when I think about the conversation, okay? So let's just say you're like, okay, you exhale, like I wanna go there. I think that there, I can do this skillfully in a way where at least I can put it out there. And I would, I know a lot of folks may be thinking, it's not worth my time, it's not. And I would just say, this is a chance to lead and it's a chance to show your child that you care and you can do so in a way with you know, minimizing any downside. So that's what we're going for here. We can't, we can't control how they respond, but we can create a situation where you as a parent feel like, okay, I'm doing my fair share to support my child and the school be better and, and, and that's all you can do, but at least you know that you went there. So a conversation might start, Mr. Principal, first part is just showing appreciation, right? Gosh. I am so grateful for all that you and the, and the faculty are going through, like behind the scenes, can't even imagine what's going on. I know, I have no idea what you're dealing with. Start a conversation that way. If you have a more personal thing, say, you look at, you know, how is it going? What is hard for you? Give the person a chance to talk. I can almost guarantee very few people are really asking these people, how are you feeling? Well, how can I help? They're probably just under the gun, having to deliver, feeling like they're on a rock, under a rock being stepped on. Um, find out what you can seek first to understand about what support might be helpful for them. Maybe they need to vent. Okay, so you you are exuding this notion of service. Okay, so that's the first thing. Then following on with this, seek first to understand the curiosity factor. Is you know, gosh, I, I'm learning a lot. I didn't realize that was going on. I am wondering because this whole Zoom thing is so new. How you're getting input on the learning experience for students input on the learning experience for students and to be able to move into a dialogue on that. So that gives a chance to, and they may look at you and if you're seeing defensiveness or whatever, saying, you know, I'm not trying to put you on edge. I'm, I'm not, if, if I'm coming across like I'm accusing or what have you, I don't, I, I'm not meaning that. So just work with whatever emotions are there. And then I think in the notion of service, I would love to us to be known as the best Zoom school on the planet you know, how, how is it helpful for you to get suggestions? This is asking for permission before you lob in there. Let me tell you my five great ideas for how much more fabulous this could be. You're right. So, so make it a dialogue and then, you know, open the door. It may not be one conversation, but you may at least have a chance to say, well, how could I be part of the solution? How can I be more helpful? Um, and of course, and of course, regardless of the outcome, 
you thank the person, okay? So you show gratitude, you share how much it's been meaningful uh, for, your, for your child, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I mean this really genuinely. So it may seem like these teachers don't care and they're just connecting a paycheck. I just don't know that people would spend their entire careers. Deep down, those people do care. They want the children to have a great experience. So just remember that that might not be what's coming across because of the pressures that they're having. Show compassion for those folks, you know, and then do your fair share to honor them and, and try to create something that will be a little bit better. Okay, so I hope that is hopeful. I know that that is, um, that's a lot. So my heart, again, I just wanna honor all you parents, especially you parents of younger children running around not sure how you're doing it and just I'm cheering for you. And if I can be helpful, let me know. So, uh, okay. So as we wrap here, if you haven't yet, there's more help for you to find your voice, one that's authentic and effective to you on my site, say it's com. I encourage you to sign up on my mailing list. Um, and you have a chance for a one-on-one -on -one with me, which would be super fun. And my thought for the week, three choices you can make to lead yourself and those you care about. Live healthy, be happy, express hope. I'll repeat that. Live healthy, be happy, express hope. And that's a wrap. I thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 